0: Your friends here at the Cool Down Time Podcast have two very important things to share with you before we start the show. First, Borderlands is the Nickelback of video games. Secondly, our thoughts about Borderlands today are completely unprovoked and have nothing to do with this episode at all. We just thought this would be a good time to stop you from liking Borderlands if you do, because not even a reboot could save that trash. Speaking of which... Me and Pablo are going to reveal our three favorite remakes and reboots of all time. Plus, which games or franchises we think deserve a remake or reboot the most in this week's Checkpoint Chat. Can't wait to piss you off by forgetting a game you like. It's our favorite. Let's get started.
1: Welcome all to the 17th episode of the Cooldown Time Podcast. I'm your remastered 4K from the head to toes, and with some other major enhancements, if you know what I mean, co-host Pablo. (laughs) (laughs) And with me today, as always, it's the other co-host, none other than the remade from the skeleton of the previous release, that is Marco. Marco, what is up, brother?
0: Look, man, grossed out.
1: Uh, but but here I didn't specify um, the enhancements, man. That w- that was on your mind. I was talking
0: <laughs> about my dick. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. There's the nausea. There it is. Yeah. There's the acid reflux. So, yep. So it's here. So between us, yep. it's safe
1: to say we've played a bunch of video games, and some of those have come back via remakes, remasters, and so. And today. We're going to give you three of our essential remakes, remasters of all time, and then delve into existing franchises that need to shut their mouths and reboot the whole entire thing because uh, they need it. Uh, of course, we got loadouts coming, booty juice aplenty, and uh, number four game of all time coming in our cooldown time countdown. But before we get into that, uh, let's not forget to follow us on the cooldown time pod on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, follow us uh, on all those platforms, and also listen to our podcast and any platform that you choose give us a download give us a stream give us a listen we will be there marco let's go ahead and get right into it go ahead and lead the way i want you to start off with our loadouts today what do you got for us
0: uh first of all happy labor day to all i believe our episode will be dropping on uh labor day so uh uh congrats to all (laughs) for for the labor day (laughs) Uh, (laughs) congrats for the labors (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the labor <late Marine. laughs> Exactly. Um, so, uh thou- outs, You thought man. about
1: that for a long time. Very thoughtful, very I, thoughtful.
0: I, I had it ready. I ain't gonna lie. Um, so, you know, I, I think both of us, uh, you know, ha- have some additional, um, you know, impressions and feedback as we played uh, more of Psychonauts 2 since the last episode. Um, and I think we're both kind of on, on two different ends of the spectrum uh, from what I understand. So, I, I have uh, admittedly dropped off of the game. Um, After a lot of um, mounting frustration with um, some of the gameplay elements, specifically uh, the platforming and the combat, which, as I mentioned in the last episode, does feel uh, a bit archaic, Um, and I've really just found that a lot of those issues, the more I played, just kind of continued to magnify for me. Um, and so I, I caught myself in a, in a loop of, of getting sick of it and uninstalling the game and then a couple hours later reinstalling the game because I wanted <laughs> to make sure that I really hated it. And uh, You hated it? I got, to, I got to the part where, uh, and I, I don't want to spoil too much of the games, I know a lot of people are still working through it, but I got to uh, a certain game show situation oh. uh, thingy. And uh, uh, without getting into too many details, I think that's where all of... To me, the, the game's biggest blemishes started to really show the most um, because, you know, again, without giving too much away, uh, you're doing certain things within a certain time limit, um, it, and although they don't necessarily hold you to that and make you start over and over again, it's still a really frustrating um, couple of minutes because it's it's all of the 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 trickiest and kind of goofiest parts of the platforming. All in this very condensed, tight space of of um, you know trying to get from one end of the space to the other to do what you have to do, and I was like glitching through certain objects. Um, some of the things that I was trying to carry with me over to certain places were getting caught in geometry, so things were getting stuck. Um, and then, you know, I, I just couldn't trust the platforming enough and I kept kind of falling off or, or kind of, um, teetering to places I wasn't trying to go despite kind of, you know, moving precisely. And it just got to the point where I'm like, this, this is not fun for me anymore. And, and I think just coupling that with, um... A lot of the same concerns that I had expressed last episode about the story, uh, but most, more so, I think, this time around the fact that I just wasn't connecting with the charm of the game anymore, uh, and I wasn't really connecting with the humor that it was attempting either. So, it, at a certain point, I think that it was starting to all become... More eye candy for me in terms of being curious to see what they come up with next than really enjoying the core gameplay experience that was presented to me. So, I, um, I, you know, as much as I respect the game and I still think that it is a good game, it's just one of those games where um, I think if it doesn't already feel dated, uh, to, to many of us, I think it's going to be one of those games that will start to feel dated soon. It, it kind of reminds me of like what Red Dead Redemption 2 felt like for some people where a couple years later you go back to it, you're like, yeah, this isn't exactly as you know as smooth as I remember it. It's a little bit more sluggish here. And I kind of feel like that could be the same thing that happens to some people um not again not to say it doesn't have its charm and it's 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 good moments and and obviously good levels i just think that what's underneath all that in terms of gameplay just is not resonating with me anymore and and i think a lot of the story and world building for me is just not captivating enough to, to fight through some of those challenges to see what happens next. So for me, it's a bounce off, but not because I hate the game. It's just that I'm not really connecting with it very well. But um, I know you're kind of close to the end, so how, how have you been feeling yeah, about the game?
1: I, let me jump in here and kind of give my thoughts because it's also on my loadouts um, just to kind of keep the conversation going. Um, I, I, first and foremost, let me go ahead and say that I agree with you. That game show moment in, in that game is, for me, the lowest point of the game. Ugh. Because it, it asks so much of you in terms of precise platforming. And I will say right here, um, I, I don't think the platforming in Psychonauts 2 is precise. I, I think that no. there's, there's, a, there's, there's something about it. Um, there's some games that when you jump from platform per platform, when it's an open world like that, they give you some kind of indication as to where you're going to land. Psychonauts yes. doesn't do that. and and so That's
0: exactly right. There's yeah.
1: a lot of moments even now, and I will say that I am enjoying this game so much. I am right at the end of it, and I can tell you right now that it's probably going to be, as of right now, my game of the year. Um, but that would be more of a placeholder right now with the games that I know that are coming. But, uh, but kind of sticking to, to what we were talking about, um, I, I, I find the platforming alongside with the combat to be frustrating in many times, to- uh, many times. Uh, the thing is that the thing that's, that, that didn't stick with you, that stick with me is the charm of the game. It's the comedy and, and the writing of the game that has really stuck with me and, and just certain moments that are really kind of like, uh, for whatever reason, really captivated me in 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 the actual world of the game itself i mean there are subtle to not so subtle moments about mental health and general societal issues that kind of permeate throughout the game uh there is a, a moment where i i'm in a in in some librarian's mind and i find this knight who uh he sees himself as as a superior uh type of uh, person and that he's Trying to fight a dragon who is seemingly minding his own business uh, but the knight feels that all dragons are the same and are a plague and the dragon himself is like I mean I'm just chilling I'm not <laughs> just, doing anything being a dragon. <laughs> and, and uh, Raz is like how about you guys find some common ground and they both realize that they love pizza but the knight finds out the dragon likes a different kind of pizza and all attempts at finding common ground go out the window once again when the knight feels that his choice of pizza is a superior choice of pizza which is a lot of what's happening with society in terms of like, you know, racial issues and the whole entire trying to find common ground between a white man and a black man. And just always yeah. them, oh not them, but always the, the society themselves kind of finding the way to, to, to separate uh the both of them from each other and so it's like ne- you can never find that that common ground and so the game really speaks on that in a lot of ways um and th- things like that that really interest me and and, and kind of are carrying out throughout the entire game itself I-, I love each of the characters i love where the story is going there was a twist that happened at the end uh towards the end of the game that really like mm. shook me i was like Bro! i was like they did <laughs> they did it really well uh so all those things really work for it and so yes the game is a platformer and it doesn't do platforming great but i almost feel like a lot of the level design and 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 kind of double fine they know that about their engine or however they built the game and so a lot of the levels in the game itself really cater to a specific type of playstyle that does require you to be precise but not as precise as a super mario uh world or anything like that but i i really love this game all warts and all um, I think it's charming as fuck I am I am in love with all the characters and I'm kind of feeling a little bit. I'm not gonna say sad, but I'm feeling a little bit kind of in in that mood where the game is almost coming to an end, and I'm gonna feel kind of empty without this. Yeah, kind of, yeah yep. I'm I'm feeling that a little bit. So, uh, well, we'll see where we end up. I think this will probably be the last time we talk about the game until probably later on or game of the year conversation. Yeah, I think so, so, yeah. Uh, so we'll get our our final thoughts on this specific game, uh, then. But yeah, go ahead and uh, go out through the rest of your loadouts.
0: Okay. Um. So up next, uh, is is uh, so I was. On the fence about getting the uh, Ghost of Tsushima director's cut, uh, Iki Island expansion at, at first because of the price, of, you know, of, of entry to me being a little ridiculous, and we'll get into more of that kind of uh, stuff later on in our booty juice. But um, it is, uh, you know, it's one of those times where you know, begrudgingly great type of game for me to to come back to because you know the price being 30 bucks including a $10 upgrade and the $20 expansion is a little bit uh, you know especially more more so because of the uh you know the the PS5 upgrade costing money I don't mind the expansion being extra but the 10 bucks is like come on that's that's kind of trash but nevertheless nevertheless um I dimmed the lights, I lit a candle, I played some 90s slow jams, (laughs) and uh, I I, I sang to my PlayStation. I said, and tonight, Sony, I'm going to get icky with you. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. uh, I don't know what you're saying. Somebody does. Maybe Justin. Justin. (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll call my friends who agree with me. Um. Yeah. So uh, I I got in the vibe with this game, man. Uh, coming back to it, just just in general, uh, Ghost of Tsushima is is such a great game to come back to yeah. and revisit. Um, if not for the main story uh, that originally came out, but because of the Legends DLC, uh, which is absolutely phenomenal i love going back to that that's been a really good time um i wish we had tried that out at some point maybe we will if you uh if you get around to it and feel like trying it out but it's it's really cool to collaborate like with uh, on a co-op level with like being stealthy and, and stuff like that and then when everything goes to shit um but you know going to um the Iki island expansion specifically i got a chance to play through it and i beat it last night uh before this recording and it is great i have to say um very very much an essential piece of the ghost of Tsushima narrative in terms of Jin Sakai's um, you know family uh, history and and specifically you know his father uh, and kind of dealing with that whole um, you know aspect of his personal life yeah. and how a lot of that comes to the forefront uh, after a set of circumstances sort of trigger that to happen. Um, you learn a lot about kind of, you know, the background of, of what was going on with his father at the time, what some of Jin's um, repressed feelings were about all of that and his feelings about his father uh, coming to the forefront. So on a story level, it I actually would have to say if you're a fan of Ghost of Tsushima, this is... It's almost a essential thing to play because it is a it's tackling a much more personal element of um, of Jin beyond just hey the Mongols are bad let's go kill them yeah. right or, or or take out Khan. Um, so on that level, I think it's more than worth it alone. But then the um, the main story missions in this game are. Absolutely great. Um, much more bombastic in comparison to sort of the slow burn type of, of, of missions from the original story, so you're oh, kind of getting to the shits a little bit quicker. Okay. Um, you know, I, and I think it, it to me it kind of plays out like almost like one of the acts do in, from start to finish. It feels kind of the same in structure. It's just that they get to the meat of things a lot quicker. Uh, and so the, the missions are a lot more warlike, kind of going to these, I wouldn't say big battles, but large. Larger scale or what feels like larger scale battles. Um, against the opposition which is really really fun and you can feel kind of the epic nature of it shining through um, which is super super fun um, the difficulty and the challenge of the game has gone up because enemies are now able to switch their weapons in real time so it's a lot more of a chess match between um, Jin and the opposition because they're switching from spears to two swords and then as a, as a result you have to kind of you know mess with your stances more often to parry and, and, and be able to you know compete with these these uh, enemies better Uh, there's new uh, shamans that are in the map that basically they're one of those types that kind of like boost um, all of the other enemies on the map until you take them out and then you know everybody else kind of goes back to normal uh, levels and you know it makes it easier so you always want to kind of target them first but they're also a pain in the ass but the combat feels super super rewarding it's probably the most fun i had with combat um, between this and the original story Um, by far Uh, there's two boss fights in the game both of them are very challenging but very very good and rewarding Um, I I definitely had me uh, almost the the closest I've had to uh, like a a Dark Souls like fuck yeah moment when you beat a boss it was perfect for my uh, my skill set I think it'll probably be easier for you because you're better at video games than me but uh, that's not entirely uh, true still a good time man and i have to say i I walked away from that feeling really good Iki island is just as beautiful as you would hope it would be it's got a lot more diversity to it because it's trying to pack a lot into one island to keep things fresh looking but everything looked really fucking dope man and obviously it was beautiful uh from top to bottom so i have nothing but glowing remarks to say about it i'm so glad i decided to give it a try um instead of just kind of waiting it out um definitely worthwhile and I, I suggest that you and everybody if that's a fan yeah. of ghost tushima uh gets on that shit
1: i own it so uh you know i turned it on the other day and i was like ah, i just don't want to do this right now I, so but yeah. but i was kind of afraid that it would just be kind of a filler story nothing that's gonna grab my attention so i didn't really give it a proper chance
0: so i am definitely gonna jump on today and give it a proper yeah. go. yeah yeah go for it man um Third game on my loadouts, uh, going into the, my, my, my retro bag here a little bit, I am playing uh, a game that I know is near and dear to Pablo's heart, Absolutely. Uh, and I'm trying to get near and dear to mine because I really didn't get a lot of exposure to it back in the day, but I'm playing PsyOps, the Mindgate Conspiracy, uh, on my PlayStation 2 uh Vigi game console. So this one um, has been an interesting experience because you know I knew going in. I, I knew immediately like okay, it's gonna play a little dated. It's not probably gonna feel as as awesome as it did for its time because and the it, stuff and the like story, what it's doing, amnesia yeah, story woo, that story is a little rough now, <laughs> uh, and so is the voice acting. But I, I never have a problem with like bad voice acting when it's like campy. Yeah. Uh, so that doesn't bother me too much. But um, I definitely see some of what made it brilliant for its time, though. Uh, I know a lot of games. I think it reminded me a lot of what control is now yeah. in terms of like you know like kind of having like the Jedi power sort of f- uh, vibe to it yeah. in a sense. But um, really cool use of, of you know uh, of all the, uh, his uh, his psychic abilities. Uh, whether it's like kind of scouting areas um, and this like weird out of body experience kind of thing. I don't remember the, na- the exact names for them, but uh, and then telekinesis and stuff like that. Um, those things still work relatively well, um, and it, it, it still feels like more of a run and gun shooter at the end of the day to me with, with that element to kind of make things interesting. But, um, Let me ask you. It's how, still very fun.
1: How does the game kind of age? Because I know one of the major and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I know one of the major kind of draws to the game was a physics based dra- ragdoll yeah. uh, of everything. I know they. Yeah. I think it was ha- the Havoc engine is, is the engine that they used. The mm-hmm. Havoc 2.0. Yeah. And yep, one Havoc. of the, and one of the big draws was the dr- ragdoll effects. How does yeah. that how does that age? Cause I, it's
0: it's kind of in the middle. Okay. It, it, it works fine and it still feels kind of cool in certain moments when you're kind of stringing together certain things. It's like, oh, yeah, this this is kind of dope. Uh, but it does, I, I think where it shows its age is actually how it controls more so than the actual abilities. You kind of feel like, you know, because you're, you're holding the triangle button to yeah. lock in, which is a weird thing as as it is, and then you're strafing left and right, then you're holding the trigger to do telekinesis and trying to aim it with your left stick to, to kind of guide where you want the guy to run, like, to be thrown into. So it's a lot of finger gymnastics now compared to probably, you know, stuff like control where it's more streamlined and simple. Um, but I, I think it's somewhere in the middle. So I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it for what it is. I, I, I wish I had played it more back when it first came out because I definitely would have liked it a lot. Uh, for its time, but it, it does show a little bit of age uh, compared to some of the stuff I've revisited, but not not to the point where I'm not enjoying myself. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going. Yeah I, yeah, I think and I think the game, I think did decent enough, but I think what held it back was that there was a huge
1: lawsuit uh, with one of the writers that he actually had written a script for the movie that mm. was literally this this game, and so oh, I, I think wow. Midway really took that uh, from him. And there was a lawsuit, and it tied up. And I guess Midway's like, it didn't sell <laughs> oh, this well. Man. Fuck it. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I remember really liking this game. The funny thing about these games is uh, Psyops and Kill Switch are games that are very
0: like near and dear to me because of. I almost bought Kill Switch. I saw it in, yeah. a, in the retro shop I was at. I was like,
1: Ooh, And the reason this. why those games work for me is because they are really the beginning of what, for example, Kill Switch is what? Gears of War kind of did with the whole right. kind of cover, cover shooter. shooter, and mm-hmm. PSYOPs kind of, you know, got its complete uh, I guess realization of its vision with Control, but those games were really interesting, because I felt specifically that they were very ahead of their time um, I think so, too. In, in many yeah. ways. Uh, I know they, they have controls and all that stuff that kind of gets in the way of stuff. But I, I, I love uh, PSYOPs. And kind of a, a quick inside baseball here. When we were kind of compiling our, our chat today, uh, PSYOPs was on my list as a game that needs to be rebooted. Um, it got removed for another game that I feel... That, kind of better in terms of, like, my taste of video games, but, I mean, I would still yeah. love to see this game remade, rebooted, whichever, because I really enjoy, um, the game itself. So, now, I wonder if it would work because this being a game that works as a game that is doing a lot of new things, how can yeah. it translate to 2021 and beyond, and still kind of fit that mold of a game that's, not necessarily needs to be beyond its, uh, its time, but definitely needs to do new things, because it's gonna just right. rehash a lot of shit, but yeah, his name was, yeah. um, Nick Schreier, Nick Schreier, Nick, the the main protagonist, I think is.
0: Oh, I don't remember his name. Yeah, I, I, I have to because be the honest. game is
1: story, <laughs> the game is yeah. terrible. The story is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. I remember. Yeah. yeah, But anyway, um,
0: let me look that up. anyway, yeah. not not important. But um, anyway, my last game, uh, still on the retro tip right now. Um, yeah, I, Nick I finally Schreier. got to. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I I got to. Um, I got to a game that that completely eluded me way back in the day and I'm not even sure why because I loved all of Capcom's work uh, back in the PS1 days but I never got to play Dino Crisis, ever. Um, so I, I, again, kind of you know perusing a local retro shop, I found it uh, at a pretty reasonable price. I picked it up, I took it home, I played it and I love that shit. Yeah. I, and even though it's, uh, you know, obviously, again, it, this, is, this was an era for them where I think they were just trying to, you know, take... Um, uh, you know, take the Resident Evil formula and basically do it again with a different IP, uh, and and that game does play very much the same as what Resident Evils were oh, yeah. like back then. Um, but it 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 does. I have to say, I I I see why people keep bringing it up now. I I, I get it now. Um, before it's like, look, you know, it's like Resident Evil with dinosaurs, you know, and and, and bit, it yeah. could easily be the way you you kind of you know build it out in your head and, and kind of move on from it but i get it now and i think one of the things that i get now is that people really liked regina who is the main uh, protagonist in the game now the game still has really campy dialogue and bad voice acting hers is a combination of both but she's got a little bit more like personality like i was sold on her when this happened so like comparing resident evil and dino crisis like you know, the first time you see, like, a mutilated body in Resident Evil, it's like, oh, my God. And the characters kind of, like, hunch over, look at this body. It's been dead for a couple days. It's, you know, look at it. It's been torn here. And so you compare that with Dino Crisis. She walks up in the beginning of the game to a, a, a mangled body, um, and she hunches down, and she just goes, that's disgusting. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, I like you. I like you. go Gross. Oh, where you been all my life? Yeah, she, she just kind of, she's just kind of like saying it in a humorous way, like that's disgusting. Um, and so I'm like, all right, I I get it now. It's a little bit more self aware. It's not trying to scare the shit out of you. Which it, is I mean,
1: interesting. It, it, it's Shinji,
0: fun. Shinji Mikami
1: made this game, and he, right?
0: I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, he's behind I, it. Which he's also Resident Evil guy. So I think I think what it is is that you can only. Make dinosaurs so scary, yeah. You know, like, uh, it, like it, it, I say that, and then I, and then a couple hours later, when I was playing it, it, it actually legitimate made maybe do a jump scare because there's a scene where a big ass Tyrannosaurus busts through a glass on the yeah. side of a building, and and he's you have to shoot at it, and I had no idea that was coming. It was almost like the dog busting through the glass moment of Resident Evil. So I I, I let out a little biatch scream. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't I didn't go Michael Jackson or like, Jackson Five, well, but that's disgusting. <laughs> that's a dinosaur um yeah no I, I i think it's a lot of fun um i'm surprisingly taken to it really well I, I see that for its time it was the first time they tried to do a game like this without pre-rendered backgrounds too yeah. so it kind of works for it and against it in a way because it looks a bit dated um but it also has that that pixelated charm that i like from ps1 games too so i, I like it man it's been a lot of fun and i'm gonna keep at it so you um, copy doesn't get any credit really I mean
1: because <laughs> Dino yeah. Crisis, Resident Evil vanquish and the evil within oh
0: vanquish yeah a lot of people love vanquish yeah, I, I didn't really play a lot of that but but I, that's what I I'm saying, saying though
1: he's he's a he's a great developer and it's, it's it oh, doesn't yeah. there's not a lot of like uh I don't know I mean vanquish I gotta play vanquish again I I like that game quite a bit
0: yeah uh, yeah, but that, that's gonna take care of my loadouts, man. So uh, why don't you go ahead and tag in with what you got?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be quick here because uh, the next two games, I'm 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 kind of scratching the surface. Uh, Near replicant uh, version. Go ahead. One point two two four seven four four eight seven one three nine. Just uh, you just <laughs> came out the dome, you know. Uh, <laughs> Is this is a remake of the original Nier game. I did was not a fan of Nier Automata or Automata, whatever how you however you say. it. I think I said it mm. twice exactly Automata. the same, and then uh, <laughs> thought that I said it differently. And you're
0: still wrong. And I'm still <laughs>
1: wrong, man. You know, it is what it is. We're not we're not gonna get into it, but it's kind of like the whole uh, Pokemon, you know, Atreyu. But anyway, yeah, a little uh, bit
0: of of, of uh, Kingdom Hearts as well. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh,
1: I. It's weird, because this is a remaster, not quite a remake, but it's a little bit more than a remaster. Uh, And I am, weirdly enough, having a fucking great time with it. Like, the story is simple, your sister's sick, and you're trying to find a cure, and everything is voiced. The combat Mm. is fun as shit. And then when you start getting into the, the 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 there's a book in the game. I won't. It's called the book of something, and that yeah, yeah, yeah. unlocks certain like uh, uh, abilities. And when those abilities right. unlock, oh my! It opens up the combat in a way that I. It, it is so fun to play. That's another thing that it's absolutely fun to play. I'm invested in the story. I'm invested in the world itself in a way that I wasn't invested in with um with uh how do you say automata. Automata. Automata, that's what they say, but we don't know that's true. <laughs> Adamatopia. <laughs> Adamatopia. Automata. I don't want So, it, it, for me, I didn't like the story structure. I hated the A, B, C, D. I don't, I, I think that the <laughs> There's that whole, yeah, there was a whole there, I there was think I think there's lot. something to uh, to I, I like I said, I'm just scratching the surface. I think there might be something that's uh that is the same with Replicant. But as of right now, the way that I'm playing the game itself, the story of it and kind of seeing like a modern society that has crumbled. And you're living almost like in, in the olden days. But really, it's a ruin of like, you know, of modern society and all that stuff. It is really just a, a awesome story. I, I love the, hmm. the the little moments that when you get into um buildings or to talk to people. It, it reverts into this 2D, 3D kind of thing where you're having these conversations with, with people. It is it is it is surprisingly fucking fun. Like, I am really enjoying all of this game, and uh, I am going to keep playing
0: it. Uh, that's for I'm sure. I'm curious about it now, actually, now that you're saying that, because I, I, I really did like your um, oh, Automata. You so. did? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, this would be up... I, I-, I like that. I finished all the scenarios. Oh, oh my
1: God, this would so. be up your, uh, up your alley because it reminds me of that game Kind of uh, sands all th- the stuff that I didn't like, which is a lot of the 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 the, the um the story aspects of it itself. I am I am into this game, dude.
0: I am all really right. into. I this might game. have to go circle back to that at some point. I I kind of wrote it off because I just figured you know it's not it's not an it didn't sound like people were like in love with it when it came out. So I was like, okay, yeah. But if it's a good remake, then hey, I'm down. Since then, I've been I've been
1: you know seeing old reviews and and. Well Mm. reads from earlier this year. And people who actually are a fan of the series really enjoy this game. Um, hmm. Many people that have like games, the best favorite games of 2021 so far have near replicant on on the list as well. Shit, um, I gotta buy it. Yeah, it's it's a really it. it's a really good game. I, I and this is again coming from a guy that didn't like the uh, the the last iteration of the game itself. I am just having a great fucking time with it. I I love it. So uh, I'm gonna keep hmm. playing that. So that that's gonna be there. Uh, okay, and, and then um. This is a game that I just played today, and the reason I bring it up because I get this is Surgeon Simulator too. I get the point of sim games where obviously you try to simulate real life things, uh, and, and it's it's obtuse in many ways, and you're just trying to kind of you're trying to simulate how it would be to drive a train or be a fucking goat apparently. But what I, what I never sort of the games that claim to be simulations but really are just physics based games, of uh, 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 physics that don't work like physics. They're they're arbitrary physics by a developer, which they decided to implement within the world. Surgeon, Sim- The first Surgeon Simulator game that came out was straight to the point. You pick a patient, and you start operating. This mm-hmm. game decided that it was a good idea to have a little moment where you have to walk through these buildings, open doors with all that bullshit physics, and before you even operate on a patient. I can't, I couldn't even fucking pick up a... a, a um, an ID card off the table which is right in front of me because the physics its they're so fucked up death perception on the game is absolutely abhorrent I don't even <laughs> understand how bad this game can be but the, here's, here's the kicker I spent almost 8 minutes in a loading screen come on in one loading no, screen didn't. no you didn't yeah I did oh yeah I did and I thought okay this isn't real this isn't there's something wrong I go on Twitter I go on Twitter and everybody is wilding out about load times these load times are fucking comedy there's a load you you turn the game on it loads you you go into a menu it loads you start the game it loads 8 minutes in all of that shit and I counted it because I turned off the game went back in and I timed it because people on Twitter were going nuts and I thought okay maybe they're exaggerating 8 minutes somebody said they were on there for 15 minutes
0: excuse me Listen, the only reason
1: I bring up this game today is to tell you this game is on Game Pass, (laughs) and it is one of the games I'll tell you, do not try this fucking piece of shit game. It is, it frustrated me, it hurt my wrist so much. Hurt your wrist? Yeah, because I'm trying to pick up the ID card, man, it wouldn't pick up. It was ridiculous. This is a stupid fucking game. It's stupid, I hate it. (laughs)
0: And I don't want to play it no more. Oh, wow, Uh, this man's wrist hurt. Back, over a surgery game it's one of the worst games I ever played oh my god it's on all game right. pass it's free don't try it i like my arm so i don't want to do that don't try it. that's I all i wanted to say i just
1: wanted to say it's trash it's fucking one of the worst game of 2021 uh and i think that xbox if they really respect themselves they shouldn't promote this game anymore <laughs> anybody who is self respecting uh video game fan should not boot up this game if you do you don't like video games i'm gonna say that right now because you've already heard me my warning this, is, a this is
0: practically your booty juice in a sense. This is booty juice simulator right now. <laughs>
1: that would be, I, I mean, I would have more fun excavating an asshole for booty juice than playing Surgeon Simulator two. I'll tell you that right now. I would rather dig into an ass.
0: The amount of genitalia talk we've had on this episode so far. I'd is... rather
1: dig into a whole asshole.
0: Than okay. <laughs> Is nasty. Um,
1: That's right. it. Marco, I- I'm done with my loadouts. I kind of just wanted to talk about that and then kind of get that out there. It's kind of like a PSA. Get people out there, warn them about the-, the the issues and the problems with Surge Simulator.
0: But let's get into our actual booty juice. If there's one thing we hate more than Horizon Forbidden West's PS4 to PS5 upgrade limitations, it's when Sony decides to completely change their mind about it after we recorded an entire booty juice segment about it. You gotta fucking love it. But, it is what it is, and so thankfully, the good news is that everything that we said is a problem with this whole upgrade plan is now completely reversed, and not only do we have a better solution for Horizon Forbidden West, but more clarity on what to expect for the rest of the PS4 to PS5 upgrades to come, which is dope. A little late to the party, but still okay. Anyways... We're still going to leave in our thoughts about this whole topic and we think it's still worth a listen because a lot of the points we made still are relevant and we still do have concerns about what this means for Horizon Forbidden West as a game itself. So listen to it anyway. It's still a good segment. We still make sense and we were still right. Like usual.
1: We have a shared booty juice here today.
0: Uh, let's do that.
1: I want you to start it off. Give, give us the, the, the booty juice of episode 17.
0: So for my booty juice, well, our booty juice, um, we have to talk about the, uh, the recent news regarding the Horizon Forbidden West um, version debacle. And in particular, the fact that the standard edition of Horizon Forbidden West does not entitle you to a free PS4 to PS5 upgrade, which is is ridiculous on so many levels, but but basically the, the rundown is that uh, Sony basically revealed um, all the pre-purchase options for the game, and uh, what we learned is that if you want to have a, a PS4 to PS5 upgrade path, you have to buy one of their um, I, I guess one of their standard editions, which is I think at seventy nine ninety nine or something like that, um, but the the biggest problem out of this is is to me the fact that um, this goes against a lot of things that we had heard Sony yeah. talk about. Um, you know, when it comes to Jim Ryan talking about the fact that uh, these games would be kind of built um, for the ground up. For the platform uh that there would be always uh you know a a fair upgrade path for ps4 users uh that want to get ps5 versions and and i think that when you just add in the fact that there is still just a, a a ton of console scarcity right now with with playstation 5s um this makes it unnecessarily harder for for ps4 owners who want to make sure that they're sort of making future-proofed purchasing decisions without having to sort of spend more of a premium to do so. Um so it's just kind of ridiculous to me and and it's something that I really think is starting to piss me off about uh Sony's overall seemingly anti-consumer uh strategy, if you will, kind of uh, that, that we've noticed um, in, in bits and pieces, but this is one of the more prominent points in time where um, it, it's just, to me, it's just flagrantly and objectively wrong to uh, to kind of paywall an upgrade path, especially when you have all these other games, whether it's Xbox through smart delivery, or uh, even in some cases with multi-platform titles uh, from, from um, you know other studios, yeah. uh, providing free upgrades. Uh, what it's just showing is that there's a lack of a real consistent path and that they're treating things on a case by case level. Um, and they really have not established a standard that they can stick to. Um, and so it, it's just kind of disappointing to see this happening uh, for fans because, again, you know, the, the, the odds of, of securing a PlayStation 5 are not very great for a lot of people nope. right now. Um, and, and they obviously want to set that money aside. Um, to get the PlayStation when they can finally get access to one that's hopefully not going to be overheating because of (laughs) the new versions of the console that are having a hard time with that. Um, You know, so to me, I'm just just kind of, you know, and it's not that I'm like going to rage about it and be angry about it. It's just disappointing that we're back to seeing this kind of Sony again. Um, and, And not only that, but I, you know, and we always talk about kind of the way that fans react to stuff like this and seeing the way that that the Sony Defense Force has been um, the, has been kind of out there and in, in, in their fleets trying to cover this up and, and kind of say it's not a big deal to me is just kind of ridiculous because yeah. most of those people who are saying that for all intents and purposes probably have a PlayStation 5 and so they're really not thinking about the PS4 consumer that has probably been running into problems that I've had um, trying to secure a console um, you know with with bots and scalpers and all these other things you know they, they don't they don't remember that struggle very much and they didn't have to deal with it for long mm-hmm. enough to know that it's a real problem to this day and now the fact that they're making even the game situation Complicated, um, uh, completely, needlessly. It just adds more salt to the wound um, for what's been to me kind of a bad look for Sony over the last several months. I just, I have not been very confident that they're doing what's in the best interests of gamers anymore. Um, and, and the tides have absolutely turned to Xbox being a more dependable, uh, consumer-friendly—not without their flaws, of course—but course. you know, a more consumer-friendly uh, experience. Uh, in comparison so i'm i'm just really disappointed in what sony's doing and i wanted to kind of you know have you weigh in and, and pitch in with your thoughts on this so where are you at i think it's it's for me it's unacceptable uh because
1: even so you, they're making you pay 79.99 for features that would in other games be standard features for example photo mode photo mode is not unlocked unless you have the 7999 version of the game. That's a so stupid. a simple feature, a feature that many people like because you can share because uh, the ability that a PlayStation has to share things so easily onto social media. The fact that you don't have that, the photo mode available to you unless you pay a premium fee is absolutely ridiculous and goes to show how much Sony is trying to nickel and dime you any way possible that they can. You know, I, I don't want to be the person but I will be that person to to, <laughs> to, to, to compare and contrast with Xbox. But Xbox's uh, smart delivery is 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 becoming kind of a, a – almost becoming a de facto uh, one of the greatest things that the, the console has done because of how terrible Sony has been with that particular aspect of upgrades. You know, uh, when you buy a game for Xbox, you are pretty confident in realizing that when you buy the one version, you're going to be able to play that on any, whether it be Xbox One or Xbox uh, Series X. I particularly have to worry about that because I share an account with my brother, who does it have, does, doesn't does have any of the new consoles, and so when I buy a game on Xbox, or when I download a game from Game Pass on Xbox, I, there, I never have a second thought on whether or not he's going to be able to play it, and if I'm going to be able to play it. I never have that second thought, specifically when I buy a game. However, when I buy a PlayStation game, I shit you not. I scour the internet. Looking to make sure. Oh, I've sure, been on Reddit. I've yeah, in,
0: yeah. Oh, I've been all just over Just
1: to make sure that the purchase that I'm about to make, I can share it with my brother because he's on a PlayStation 4 Pro, not on not a PlayStation 5, which I'm on. So the fact that I have to do that is is bullshit. It's it's quite frankly it's bullshit. And then when it's it's about a year in, a year in a little, oh, it's about to be a year in into the new console cycle, and this shit is still happening in a way where. It, it's dick, literally nickel and diming me for a photo mode. It's fucking ridiculous. And the fact that there is no path from PS4 to PS5, meaning you don't get to pay 20 $30 to upgrade. You have to buy it if you have a PS4 Pro and you want to enjoy the game. You have to buy it. And if you happen to buy a PlayStation 5 while you're playing that game, or later down the road, and you wanna play some DLC or something, you have to buy that game all over again for $70, or if you want photo mode, (laughs) $79.99. It's unacceptable in so many ways, and I don't understand how Sony thinks, with Xbox present within video games right now, that they can get away with this. I feel that this is probably going to change but that's not the point the point is the fact that they thought they can release this as is right now and people are gonna be like oh yeah sure and here like you said if you're a true Sony fan, if you don't like Xbox, you don't like their eco- ecosystem, and you are 100% in the PlayStation 5 ecosystem, why wouldn't you be complaining about this? This is the only ecosystem that you have. Why would you not be complaining about the fact that you have to pay $80 to get photo mode, to get certain aspects of the game that you would get in any other version from any other video game, period? And this isn't a third party thing where you blame a third party, oh, because they, you know, their publishers are. This is a first party game. Sony has the ability to do whatever the fuck they want, as they've shown, and many times over, Kojima complaining about not wanting to cause his director's cut. Even Kojima doesn't have full access of his IP. The fact that Sony has, they're the overlords of all their first-party games, the fact that they have that ability to do that, and they just did it, it's absolutely, it's terrible, it's on Sony, and, and, and Sony needs to do better, because
0: yeah. Yeah. they're
1: at a point right now where Xbox... You know, at first I thought, maybe Xbox won't outsell PlayStation. And it probably won't. It probably won't. But that doesn't matter anymore. It's about the conversation, about who is doing what for the consumer. And right now, Xbox doesn't even have to do anything right now. Xbox is playing a lot of, like, uh, back and forth. You do this, well, I'm going to do this. They don't have to do shit. Just do exactly what they said they promised a year and a half ago, and they'll be peachy. They'll be fine. This is it's yeah. it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I hate it. I think it's dumb. <laughs> and I'm gonna pay 79.99. That. And that's a problem. Here's the problem, Marco. I'm gonna pay 79.99. I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna play. You, you,
0: well, you have to. You have to
1: because I want to play
0: this game. And I hate because you the care first about your family.
1: <laughs> I hate <laughs> the first game. I hate the first game, and I'm still going to buy it because yeah. I you know, I think it has potential. but That's fucking ridiculous, man. It is man, a headache and a half. You
0: know it's a problem when there's an entire FAQ they have to create to explain everything they're doing. Like, it's confusing. When it comes to that point, you have you have created a major problem that you need to address. And I, I and I think for the people who say, hey, this is a temporary issue because there's going to come a point where they're not going to build for, for PS4 anymore. Sure. Uh, and it'll be PS5 only. I this makes me just as concerned about the way that they're going to build out their special editions moving Jesus forward Christ. regardless. Because if you're holding back stuff like photo mode, which, I mean, come on, what kind of incentive is that really? I mean, people love it. People get into that shit for real. Um, but if you're going to do that now, like, wh- what's going to stop you down the road? And I think the other thing is it makes me a little bit weary about the game itself. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little worried about Horizon now because – why do you feel the need to do this? Yeah. What do you What are you worried about? Like the, to me, there feels like there's some type of some type of underlying insecurity about what's going on. Get all the money
1: they can up front.
0: It's some something's yeah. off. Something's a little bit off, and so I, I don't know what and how and why just yet. But this type of thing gives me less faith because it doesn't feel like a confident move. Yeah. If that makes any sense, yeah, it doesn't it does. feel like You're right. hey, we know this is going to be great. We're We're not worried whether you get it on PS4, or PS5. They are kind of almost su- suffocating this in a way where it yeah. feels like there's something it's, up with what's what's going it on. It
1: simply feels like they are trying to get every single last dime up front because there's going to be some kind of backlash that might affect this game's sales down the road. And yeah. so if I can get $80 instead of 70 and I can get people to buy it twice, if I can get this and that then, you know, there there's could be an issue with the game. But even if the game is perfect, even if the game is a 9 out of 10, a 10 out of 10 from some outlets, this doesn't make it better. This doesn't right. make it better. I mean, I'm all... I, I understand. I'm not one of the type of people that would say that I'm upset that the games are $70. I mean, I am, but at the same time, games have been $60 for so long. Development is so more more expensive. I understand the price increase. I'm gonna have to be more selective. Sure, that's not a problem. But don't make, don't force me to spend more money to play your fucking game because you decided you just want to go ahead and nickel and dime me. Especially when it's so
0: obviously free everywhere else, you know. Yeah.
1: So and, and so obviously free within their own kind of. You yeah. know, world, the Horizon Zero Dawn sixty frame four K free, God of War uh, upgrade yeah, free. sixty frames free. Yeah, yep. you know, so it's like what? what it, there's a weird dichotomy in, be, in between the the kind of thought process behind this. It's like y- you're making me pay for uh, for um, um, Jesus. I'm blanking out. You're making me pay for uh, Ghost of Tsushima to upgrade yeah, yeah, yeah. that. You're making yeah. me pay for Death Stranding. But you didn't make me pay for God of War. You're not making me pay uh, for even you know uh, the uh, Horizons Rodan upgrade. You're not making me pay for those. But it's it's so it's such a
0: weird kind of like it doesn't it's not consistent and that's a problem. You know what else too? It 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 also makes you know and, and for those of you who kind of follow No Man's Sky, I follow just to see what they're up to. They they're. They're kinda of killing it right now. Like I yeah. I don't I'm not a big fan of No Man's Sky, no matter how many updates they do, I always go back and install it and I'm like that still not for me. But um <laughs> But the the amount of free content and updates that they dump into that the game is almost entirely different than when it was when it oh, first yeah. started, and so you have even examples like that where okay best case scenario you're comparing what No Man's Sky has done completely free since day one, yeah compared to these other companies which you know they'll give you haptic feedback and I like that stuff but they'll they'll charge you a premium for that stuff yeah, like yeah. so it, it's just. There's a really, really strong lack of consistency across the board in the industry about how to how to handle this stuff. And I so it makes me appreciate Microsoft's efforts that much more because at least they're keeping the goalpost in one place. And yeah. it's not like, like Sony where it's this way with one game, it's that way with another, and and we're just kind of playing along with, you know, what whatever serves them the best in terms of demand, you know? So uh booty juice to the T. Yeah. Just to the team, man.
1: We'll, so. see, uh, we'll see next week what uh, Sony does because they announced their um, they state of play. Yeah, the state, state play. of play. So we'll see exactly what happens uh, there if they address any of this, um, which would be interesting to see if they do that. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess we're at time to move on right into our checkpoint chat here. Let's uh, do it. Marco, give us a rundown. What exactly is all this about?
0: I know we give a little bit up front, but let's give. Yeah. Let's give, let's give the people some context. So, you know, I think when we were, um, you know, talking about the Dead Space reboot, um, and we actually got a chance to see some very early build footage of that too, not too long ago, which looked promising for sure. Uh, it, it just kind of made me and Pablo think about uh, remakes and reboots, and and kind of thinking back on some of the best ones that we've seen done, and what makes them so great in terms of like the degree of difficulty with bringing with refreshing an entire IP, or you know what makes a good remake good. Uh, so you know we we wanted to start thinking about that stuff, and then that got us to thinking about you know if we could magic wand uh, the industry, what three franchises or games would we want to pick to either reboot or remake, and why. So that's kind of what we're gonna be doing in uh, our our checkpoint chat for this episode. So we're going to kick things off with talking about our three... um favorite remakes or reboots of all time. Uh, those are going to be in no particular order. Uh, then we're going to shift gears for the second portion of it and go through uh, each of our three games or franchises that we'd rather either remake or reboot and kind of talk about why and what we want to uh, see change or get updated um, depending on our choices. So, um, that being said, um, Pablo, why don't we just kind of round-robin this thing? Yeah, uh, and, i like and I'll, I'll start with you, uh, with your... Um, your first pick for your one of your favorites of all the times. What do you got? Yeah, I, I, I'm going with a.
1: Uh, I guess this is a reboot. We would call this. We, this we would is call a reboot this a for reboot. sure. Yeah, God of War 2018? 2018. 2018, 2018, God of War. This is the quintessential example of rebooting a franchise without forgetting why it exists or or kind of the history of it. Because the the sequel to all the God of Wars. Uh, is is it is just that it is a sequel, but it is a reboot because it's recontextualizing Kratos, and it symbolizes growth within the gaming industry. Uh, in a way that I, I I always found very interesting. Kratos for me has always been kind of unlikable and kind of a shit heel and that's on purpose. You know, he's kind of like I hate everybody. You know, revenge and let's have a threesome. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like that's kind of <laughs> yeah. like Kratos uh, in the original three. Uh, that's kind of him in a nutshell. With with God of War coming out, he has a son. He, it just feels like the grown-up version of God of War. And Cory Barlog, which is the director of the game itself, was involved with the earlier games. And, and, and just kind of... And kind of just his game itself, just kind of not only the growth of the character symbolizing growth within the industry, but also the growth of the character as the character in the video game itself is mm-hmm. is fantastic to see. He's a more somber person. He found love. Um, you know, he, he has a child now. And he's not the raging fucking psychopath that he was before. He's now a, a person who has decided to leave that life behind and lead a life, a more normal life. And Yeah. Uh, but obviously, because this is the video game, we need to bring him back into the action. And You could have <laughs> easily just brought him back and be in this raging psychopath. But again, he's not that. He's very much trying to uh, almost teach... It's a very interesting, it's a sweet game because he's Showing his son, like it's growing throughout the game itself. He's showing his son what life is and, and kind of the, the the troubles of life and how how he how he's managing to kind of sway his son away from being a piece of shit. Because in that game, his son does become a teenager real quick and he becomes Oof. really shitty and really fast. And I, I I do love the way that. You know, Kratos uses the ability uh, or the knowledge that he had from his past and kind of imbues that into his son himself, I, I don't know it's, it's, it's a very, like, obviously the game itself, and I'm just talking about it from the, from the aspect of symbolizing, you know, you know, symbolizing the, the growth of, of games and industry, but also the game itself is a very fucking awesome game it is yeah. a, it is well made. The combat is great. The story is awesome. The acting is in it. the voice acting is tremendous. All of the game itself is really good, and it, it leads up to what's coming up now with Thor uh, uh, with God of War Ragnarok. Uh, yeah. But I, I this is this is a this is the best reboot of all, in my opinion, the best reboot. That's not a remake of all time because it just really takes a known character and puts him in a situation that is foreign but familiar. But also, you can believe that this person is the same person from the past, now has grown up and has really, uh, you know, has a whole new kind of view in life. And I really enjoy right. uh, God of War as, um, as a game, and I really enjoy kind of what it symbolizes as well for the industry. So Yeah, uh, I think to,
0: just to kind of jump in before I shift gears to my pick is... I think also when you think about things like changing the voice actor of Kratos to somebody else, oh, we yeah. saw that with Metal Gear. That, that can be kind of disastrous at not times good. if you're not careful. Even Splinter Cell, when they got rid of uh, Michael Ironside, I believe his name mm-hmm. is, and they got just some generic white dude voice going yeah. on, it was like, that's Young, not, that's not no, Samuel. Okay. No. That is not Samuel. Um, so, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, things like that, to me, uh, again, represent a, a certain degree of difficulty and a risk that was taken that I think you know paid off in a huge way. And and then when it starts getting you know beyond, like you said, some of the you know the raging kill all the gods things, and, and gets into stuff like parenthood and guardianship and what it means to be a good father, what it means to you know have to live up to you know your father's legacy if you're the other on the other side of the coin stuff like that was explored really really cool uh in that game and it just made for such a fascinating experience that i think was definitely due for the series at that point it was it was like okay we we can't have more of the same because we were getting the main games you were getting the the portable games they were all basically doing the exact same shit so it was time uh and i think it paid off in a huge way so yeah yeah i I totally agree
1: yeah
0: all right so um, my pick as one of my three favorite remakes reboots of all time. This is one of my remake picks, and it is Resident Evil, uh, the remake that came out uh, originally on the Nintendo GameCube in I believe 2002. Um, so I, I,
1: hold, on, getting, hold on, hold, whoa, 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 hold whoa, whoa, on, hold on, hold on. What's up? See, this is this is uh, you're talking about the remake of Resident Evil that came out on GameCube. Yes, I, I'm over here thinking you did Resident Evil 2 no. The
0: remake that came out two years ago. No, 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 no. It's great, but I think... Okay, let, no, no, let, no. no. Let, that's fine. That's
1: fine. I agree with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let, let me get into why. Um, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I, I think, you know, without getting too exhaustive about what makes Resident Evil iconic and amazing and all the things, um, you know, Resident Evil 1 was an absolute game changer for the industry, and it introduced horror in a way that, um, you know, just made a whole path for survival horror and and horror in general... Um, in, in the industry so it's a tough game to bring up to speed um, period because you had at that point you had you know, more games in the market that are trying to be Resident Evil-like in, in fashion but no one was really beating the real thing um, and so at that point in time you know, Resident Evil was kind of in a, in, in a weird space because it was just on the cusp of becoming what would be the, the Resident Evil 4 era um, you know, on the GameCube, and but but it needed that one last glance back uh, at what was um, to, to to remind people of why Resident Evil was and, and, and is and always will be the shit. And so, I remember when I first saw the debut trailer of this, I lost my mind. I have never watched <laughs> a trailer so much. It was almost if it wasn't for Gears of War's Mad World trailer being so amazing, this would have been one of the the, the trailers I would have chosen because the first time you saw the new mansion in the game and you hear the lightning crack and the, the lightning flash uh, in, in the room, uh, you know, and all the the, the 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 locations you remember from the re- original game, it was like, oh my God, this is incredible looking. Even though it was pre-rendered, it was still like, this, this is beautiful. This is amazing. Um, the way that it also added some new quality of life things into the game too, besides just the looks, um, it, it, it added crimson heads to the game, which were the zombies that... Um, It's basically a dynamic where you can kill a zombie and they'll quote-unquote die, but they'll still be in that room. And at some point, if you don't set that zombie on fire, they will get back up and they will turn into a super aggro version of themselves that yeah. will just literally run after you and and so you, you wanted to t- you know take care of those ones as much as you possibly could but you had to sort of pick and choose because you didn't always have enough gasoline to, to, to wipe them all out so you had to kind of decide I'm never going in that room again so I'll let that one just you know come back on his own I'm never going to be in that room versus places you're like hallways and stuff you know you're going to be going yeah. through again so stuff like that was awesome man and then um you know, I, I just think that overall it it also changed some of those like jump scare moments. The dog scene in particular, uh, instead of doing what the original game did, where like the the glass would break and the dogs would come pouring through. Um, it, it fucked with you a little bit like it would yeah. make the glass crack the first time you went in the hallway it would crack again and then they'd finally burst through and you'd still be fucking scared You're like oh, I knew this was coming and it still fucking got me so stuff like that and the updated visuals to me were just spot on it kept the spirit of the series and um, that particular game intact it added some new stuff to keep it fresh and interesting um, and it served up a, a you know a, a great new look and feel for what would become Resident Evil Zero, which I actually liked a lot. Uh, that doesn't get enough love uh, before they shifted gears to Resident Evil Four. So uh, man, that that game to me is incredible, and I cannot wait to go back to the original version of the remake again. The, the HD versions that are out now on the new consoles. Every game that had pre-rendered backgrounds back in the day that gets remastered, they never look quite right because the, the character models are updated, but then they look that they're kind of like not blending in with the pre-rendered backgrounds well enough. Um, so I, I don't like going back to the HD versions too often, but um, still an awesome, memorable moment as a huge fan of Resident Evil and, and one of the best uh, pure remakes that I've ever seen, uh, hands down. So I I was completely just...
1: In the the whole time, just I, I thought you were talking about RE2, and I didn't add it in mine because I thought that's what you were talking about. So I went ahead and I pulled an Audible, and <laughs> I I it's Resident it, my uh my uh number two best remake reboot ever made was or remake was Resident Evil 2 remake. Um, I. I love Resident Evil 2 Remake. I, you know, I played Resident Evil 2 maybe a little bit, not a lot, uh, so I don't really have the, the the same kind of history with Resident Evil like you do. Yeah. Uh, but Resident Evil 2 felt like a modern game, but yet I f- it's very vividly still kind of... I remember playing Resident Evil 2 on um, PlayStation 2, and I felt that same kind of... Um, I felt the same kind of way, which is funny because you can say the same things about Resident Evil 2 that I was about to say about Demon Souls, where, where it's a game that is an example of a game that doesn't try to do too much in terms of recontextualizing or reinventing itself, yeah. it's more of a flex showing you this game that came out this year... Is still a viable game in the current, you know, 2019 for Resident yeah, Evil 2. Yeah. It, it still works. The story is a story, but the the actual kind of the atmosphere and the sound design with the 2019 graphical upgrade, I mean, it was fucking, it was absolutely oh, yeah. astonishing. And then having Mr. X, the tyrant, you know, that, that whole part of the uh, of the first two-thirds of the game itself was it was some of the most scariest shit. I mean, literally, <laughs> like, I, I, I put my control down, and it wasn't, like... It wasn't for me where it was too much, where I don't want to play no more, Uh, you know. It was just enough where it was like, all right, this is scary as shit. At, this game has an atmosphere for days, for Dare days. Dare I say weeks. Dare I say yeah. weeks. and, you know, and it's really one of those things where when you look at what Resident Evil 3 did with his remake... You really l- appreciate how much better of a game Resident Evil 2 is, even though I enjoy three, and I think three got a lot of the remake got a lot of unneeded uh, criticism for being what it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, RE2 is is the better game by far, and it is oh, Jesus, it is such a good game. It, graphically amazing, you know. Yeah, the the, the, the paths with with Claire uh, and um
0: Leon uh, and
1: Leon are very similar uh, similar. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I still kind of enjoy I, I played it with Leon first, and I enjoyed my story with it, and kind of not, not knowing what was happening, not knowing what to do. And then playing it with Claire again, having a little more context of what's happening, a little less scary, got through it a lot quicker. Obviously, there's a lot of times that it skips for you, so you don't have to really endure all the shit that you saw from the first playthrough. But, I mean, this is one of the times where... People say this all the time when they talk about reboot remakes, is... I think that the mark of a great reboot is when you play it again, but it still feels the same way you remember it yeah. when you first played it all those years ago. And this is what Resident Evil 2 does in spades for me. So yeah. Resident Evil 2 is is mine uh my other game on the list.
0: Yeah, I think one of the key things that makes it a little different is going to an over-the-shoulder view instead yeah. of like the yeah. tank controls and stuff, but it still felt like very Resident Evil 2 to me. Like when I first played that game, I had a very like moment of like like this is surreal. I'm playing a game that I've always wanted to see remake, and it's happening. I'm playing it right now. It was like a Final Fantasy VII remake kind of moment for me. And speaking of which, I'm gonna go ahead and jump into that one next. Actually, Sure. Cool yeah. that, since we're kind of in the same ballpark already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my second pick is is the Final Fantasy VII remake, which to me is almost more of a reboot to be to be honest, because it's of both all the for me, yeah, yeah. It's 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 both with the story implications kind of you know changing now and and stuff like that. So. Um, Seth man, showing up so early on Seth just head. popping up like, I'm early. Like, well, you're not supposed to be here, sir. Yeah. Early bird special will have, start till three. I don't even
1: have the same. I don't even have this. <laughs> I don't even have the same kind of, uh, you know, love for the game that you did. And I still, when Seth Ross showed uh, up, I'm like, you ain't supposed to be
0: here. What you doing? <laughs> Go back to bed, sir. Go back to bed. Uh, he popped up early, man. And that was like, oh, shit. All bets are off now. What are they yeah. going to do? Um, you know, I. I have more of a of a fresher take on the remake after playing the, uh, the you know the, the, the PS5 upgraded version of it, which wasn't the greatest upgrade in the world, um, but still in all, um, this was one of those times where I think I said it when we did our Game of the Year episode, which was our first episode. I smiled from ear to fucking ear all the way through this thing because not only was it it was bringing back all the memories of of what makes Final Fantasy VII so amazing. But it was doing so in a way that was keeping me on my toes with some of the new wrinkles it was throwing in and then the gameplay, which was to me like the combat was absolutely incredible. Felt really good. It was a it was a huge risk to take moving away from the turn based stuff to something more action focused. But they managed to pull it off in a way where it still felt familiar and to your point earlier. It still felt familiar but it's but it also felt new. Yeah. Um, and I think they just struck an amazing balance of, of, of all of those different levers. And again, with the risk of fucking this up being so great and a lot of the stuff coming into this game coming out where it's like, Oh, we're not gonna get the full game, it's gonna be in chapters, what's that gonna play out like? Yeah. Very, i was very worried about that oh man I, I i think i told you one point i'll just wait until all the games in this thing are out and i'll just play them all together and i That lasted about ten minutes before I went and got my uh, my my PlayStation 4 to (laughs) play. But that's the thing about it; they weren't clear as to what exactly they were doing with this. You know, yeah. yeah, And now we know why. But now we know why. Yeah. So now all the dots are connected, and I see the vision, and I'm like, "Oh, okay. This is this is just incredible stuff." I I think a fair argument can be made that it's probably. Maybe, arguably, the best of the best in terms yeah, of remake, yeah. reboot I, type I of
1: things. For me, it is one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I still go back and forth because I think your your pick for God of War is a fuck fucking compelling argument, man. That's that's such a compelling argument. So it, it's a toss up to me. Um, but what an incredible game! Well, what for?
1: Because I have Final Fantasy also on my list, uh, yeah, And, yeah, and yeah. I think uh, I, I think what what makes it stand out. A little bit more above God of War is the fact that it's also a remake, yeah. um, and so and it still manages. It has a uphill road uh, or uphill, uh, r- uphill to climb because of the simple fact that it's a a, a very familiar, very popular, very uh, you know l- beloved game. And to remake it, one you have to still make it feel like it's Resident Evil Seven.
0: I mean, sorry, Final <laughs> Fantasy Seven. <laughs> Excuse, I just had <laughs> just had a headache. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a stroke right there. That's what that no, was. Yeah, because I was looking at
1: Resident Evil right here. Um, <laughs> you still have to make it feel like Final Fantasy 7 but also you have to make it feel new. But also, it's a re it's a it's a reboot of a franchise, and it takes a story in a way that it wasn't originally told. So there's a lot of complexities, a lot of things in the mix of the game itself, and they pull it the fuck off, which yeah. is which is mind blowing. Because well, if you would have told me. Before this game comes out, hey, this is going to be a remake. It's also going to be a reboot. We're also going to go ahead and change the story, yeah. and the ending is going to be pretty much different. It's going to set up really weird scenarios for the uh, for the, the sequels, and you will be like, I'd "Yeah, be this is going to be this is going to be garbage." I'd be it tight. going to be garbage. Yeah. Nope they they made it compelling enough. They made it interesting enough. I, I am I I I dare say that Re- F- Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two mm-hmm. could be probably one of my most anticipated games. You know right now, uh, right going forward because I am so curious to see what they do with yeah. how they change the story, yeah. But also because of how good Final Fantasy 7 is, you know, we might be having this conversation about a continuation of, uh, of this, but yeah, yeah, for yeah, so that, that's where I'm at here. Why okay. don't you uh go ahead and go on to your uh third uh and final game?
0: Yeah, third and final game for me is uh Metroid Prime, so um. This, this was a really interesting shift, to say the least, for a series that was, you know, kind of the the king, along with Castlevania, of that of literal Metroidvania genre. Oh, it's um, own genre. It, it, it's its own thing, it is, it, it, and that's special, you know. Um, and <laughs> I love Super Metroid. I love all the Metroids, all of them. And I'm, I'm dying to play Dread when it comes out in a little bit. But Going from that to Prime for me was, oh, no. Because it's going into the first-person thing. That was a time yeah. where you could start to feel the paradigm shifting and everyone's starting to go, ooh, first-person shooters. We'll do one. We'll do one. We'll do one. And it was like, oh, no, not Metroid 2. We can't do that. Like, And I was really worried that the, the spirit of Metroid was going to get lost, that doing things in first-person was going to feel clunky, and it was just going to get weird. Um, but every single time I thought there was a concern, this game was just like, don't worry, we got you. I got and, you. And it turned out to be one of the greatest games ever made. Um, and, and the trilogy itself is, is still an immaculately good trilogy that would, would love to get a remake for any time now, Nintendo. If you can get games at HD on your console, that'd be great too.
1: It's uh, uh, probably my biggest hole in gaming.
0: Like period. Yeah, it probably is, and I, I, I think you are missing out on a lot, and and some of it is is still kind of a you had to be there type of thing because things that that Prime did, a lot of companies copied off of, so it's not going to feel as fresh and original, uh, with like scanning stuff to get like more lore things, like the, that was really one of the first games to kind of you know do that and make it a, a fun thing to do. Um, but you know things like you know kind of going into the ball and, and going through like all the you know the tunnel yeah. stuff in, in that in that form for Samus was amazing. The shooting felt good. Uh, the the you know the combat felt amazing. The the atmosphere was was just as great. The music was was perfect. It it just did every single thing a hundred percent right, and that's so hard to do for a reboot. Um, Especially when you're talking about shifting from a literal 2D pixel game to a full-blown 3D yep. experience um, at that time. It, the degree of difficulty was sky the fuck high, and, and Nintendo and um, Retro uh, Game Studios absolutely killed it. Um, I, I, I don't know if you'll be able to experience it and enjoy it the same way you could have at the time. But it is I not like for lack of quality. Yeah, I, I, am yeah. dying to go back to it whenever they decide to to take care of us, um, and do nice things for us over at Nintendo's headquarters. <laughs> but uh, it, it's just a it's it's a prime example of uh, hey, how, to, how to do uh, how to do a reboot right. You know don't what I'm saying? Talk to me for the rest of the episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, don't, uh, I don't want to do that.
1: I don't um, wanna do that. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's, that's my the, that's my third pick. pick. Those that's a good pick. I'm really excited uh, to get into the Metro Prime world as soon as that, um, you know, very rumored and probably very real, uh, remaster comes out or remake whatever it is. I, I want it because I want to enjoy Metro Prime Four. Yeah. and enjoying kind of knowing what, what what to expect. All right so let's go ahead and head into the second part of our checkpoint chat here with three games or franchises we would like to remake or reboot uh, go ahead and start us off Margo. All
0: right um, so the first one my first pick is going to be a reboot uh, and this is for a game that on a previous episode of the pod we uh, we were picking franchises to kill. And this one was, was getting them bullets, uh, and it got a lot of them. Assassin's Creed is um, the pick that I'm choosing for a full blown reboot. Um, I, you know, much like I said in, in previous episodes and to you offline, I think that this franchise has really lost its way yep. in terms of what type of story it's trying to tell and, and what the ends are to justify the means it it it, the series is in a state right now where it's just kind of doing things for the sake of doing things it is being in certain eras and locations just to be there because it would be a cool backdrop for a cover art uh thing for for, for, their boxes and um you know it's it's going to quickly get to a point where it's going to it, and it is for me but i think for even for the most staunch of fans it's going to get to the point where it's just it's too much of the same shit and now that they're heading in this potential direction where it's going to be this live service thing where they're going to you know add more little you know mini stories and games into this this larger Jesus. thing this is as good a time as any to, to take a step back and reevaluate some shit and reboot some shit. So, yeah, I think that this reboot needs to happen honestly right from the start. I think that they just need to build, and, and I debated that for a while because of how much I love the Ezio trilogy. But I think, you know and that could stay in, in in future games from this reboot on. I just think that they really need to figure out you know a, a new foundation for the for the overarching story. Uh, and I think one of the biggest reasons why is because they should revisit the modern timeline. Uh, story component uh, and, and and tap back into that in a big way because that was what made that shit so intriguing when the first game came out. You were like, wait a minute, what what's up with this like glitch in the matrix type of shit I'm seeing on screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Sturgle. shit, what am I doing here? Who is this person? You know, and why do they look like my Altair guy? Like that kind of intrigue was what made that first game so special, despite some of its rough around the edges design at that time. Um, So I think that just narratively, first and foremost, and most of all, um, it needs a complete fucking do-over because now yeah. you know, solving that problem makes the future games feel less aimless and, and and less of that doing shit for the sake of doing shit type of thing. And it really focuses the series again and, and and creates something that's more concise, that's easier to follow, and it's not a case of every game is a totally different protagonist with a totally different and here's some loose ties to like abstergo and templar stuff you know like it 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 has to be more than that at some point again and i would hope and pray that one day they'll actually do that but uh, it's ubisoft so it'll probably never happen i think they're the, the game sells amazingly well so they're not in any kind of position where they have to do anything this drastic but it the games themselves can certainly benefit from a reboot yeah, I mean, I think what the
1: suffers the most is the story of the game. It's, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Its yeah. approach is so listless. It's it. There's nothing about it that really even resembles anything even close to even what three did. You know, yeah. let alone what um what the one and then two did. And it's so weird because. You know, when Origins came out, I love Origins, but when Origins came out, I, I gave it the benefit of the doubt because I felt maybe this is going to be a reboot right. of, of the franchise itself. Right. And it was because every game that came after it followed that a very, uh, it's it's the way that the game was made. But I, I, I it, since Origins and on, the last two games have just been, like you said, this is a cool setting. Yeah. That's kind of like the, the the mindset behind it, and I really I really didn't enjoy any of those games uh, really, yeah. and so it, it, it's I'm missing the, the the actual story that they started to tell us and literally just abandoned. You yeah,
0: know? And, and I feel like the thing would be like, oh well, you know, players' data told us that players wanted to spend more time in the actual Animus worlds than they did in the in the, in the modern day thing, but that's because you never really gave people a chance with a compelling arc in, in the modern time. Well, you, you gave up on it, you know, seemingly after the first or second game, and it was just kind of a tack on afterwards. Like, of course, people didn't care about it after a while. When when the original Assassin's Creed came out, the weakest part of that game was
1: the playing in the modern world. Right. But, but, the story, the entry, like you said, that was dope. And then 2 took it even further, kind right. of like But then three abandoned it. Three really—I mean, he didn't abandon it, but three really took a shit on it. It tried to completely end Desmond's story like outright, and it just destroyed everything that it was building. And so, for yeah, uh, and then and then you know Black Flag, which is is probably gameplay for gameplay the best uh, Assassin's Creed game. But it's barely an Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, it, it, yeah, you know it's. It, I I compare Black Flag to maybe a Metal Gear Solid Five, where yeah, it bears the name of Metal Gear, it bears the name of Assassin's Creed, but it is not very Metal Gear. It's not very Assassin's Creed because it is there's not many mentions of Templars,
0: the assassins.
1: Boat. Yeah, the assassins thing. All that comes in at the very end, and it's that's the worst part of that story, honestly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I 100% agree with you. Uh, I would love to see a reboot of that franchise. So I- I'm going a different direction here. Okay. Uh, my mine is SWAT Four. Um, Excuse if me. Yeah. So if you look, yeah, <laughs> so if you look at my if you look at my 100, uh, I have 100 top 10 games of all time. It's constantly shifting, uh, but SWAT Four always is around my 12th or 11th game of all time. SWAT is, 4 is a gem by Rational Games, which is weird, the, the people who made Bioshock. It's a tactical shooter very closely resembling Rainbow Six. And it is probably inspired by the original Rainbow Six game itself, but it's an absolute blast to play. And while Rainbow Six Vegas scratched that itch for a very long time, single-player games like that don't exist anymore. With Rainbow Six going into wild new directions, uh, it is it, this would be the best moment to bring back SWAT 4, and, and and I love that game the original game so much that I feel that it should be a reboot instead of a uh, a remake Instead of a reboot of the franchise. Because I want to see all those levels again. I want to see all those scenarios play out again. I, I think SWAT 4. Is a very underappreciated gem. That really gets lost in the shuffle. Of you know. Very compared to Rainbow Six. And all that. But I, for me. SWAT 4 is is a game I would love to see again. With modern technology. Uh, and not it having to do anything with. I don't want it to go in the, the way of Rainbow Six. I don't want it to be online in terms of like the what Rainbow Six Siege is, even though I love Siege. Uh, I want it to be what it was, what it always was, a tactical puzzle shooter that you really had to kind of observe the scenario, pick out your loadouts, pick out your team. It, it was a very it's a it's almost like an RPG, like a scenario type RPG, like a tactical RPG, even though it's real time. Uh, but I I love SWAT 4 and it is for me uh, a gem that really
0: doesn't get talked about enough. It doesn't get talked about enough to me because I had never heard of this game before. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, look. So obviously it's the fourth, it's part four uh, of the SWAT franchise. If you look at the at the well, at it's the, a
0: it's a PC only game too, right? Yes, it's a,
1: it never, came any, yeah, it never came out on any. Yeah, never came out anything else. Um, and it's funny because you look at SWAT 3, which it's close to four. Uh, it's very good game, but 4 really took it to the next level. I mean, yeah. you have everything you see in Rainbow Six, the snake cam under the door, and, 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 and freeing hostages. Hmm. It, is, it is a blast. It is a scenario. It always changes as well. It's always changing. Like, when you play it, it the, the bad guys are in different locations. The hostages are in different locations. And when you look at Siege, uh, one of the reasons I was kind of like pumped for Siege when it got announced, because it re- reminded me of SWAT 4 so much. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it turned out to be something different. Um, but yeah, SWAT 4, I would love to see a SWAT 4 remake. Uh, it, is, it is a very underrated game. I mean, hmm. it, it really just gets lost in that shuffle. So a SWAT 4 remake would be fucking fantastic. Please make this happen. It'll never happen. Please yeah. make it happen.
0: All right, well... Uh yeah, it, you, you kind of put me on game there. I didn't know that thing even existed. So cool. I, your laptop can run it, and I guarantee it that you will enjoy that game. I, I guarantee it. it's so
1: good. It's so good. All
0: right, really? I might, I yeah. might, I might take a look at it. All uh, right, so, go, um,
1: good old uh, GOG. It's on GOG. It's usually like eight bucks, seven bucks. It's super oh, cheap. that's not bad at all. Okay,
0: yeah, 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 I'm gonna take a look at that. All right, so um, my next pick for a remake or reboot is the Onimusha series, which I would give a full-blown reboot to. I think that this is a perfect time for Capcom to dig this back out of the grave again and create what is essentially, and I hate to simplify it in this kind of way, but to make their own Ghost of Tsushima. Um, Sure, yeah. But with the Onimusha license. I, I think that they have... This, this game trilogy had the coolness factor going for it it had the the, the the Resident Evil type of formula still going for it at the time tank controls and all um, it had its own unique flair and style and personality and charm to it um, that I think really even to this day as I've as I've been playing I, I forgot to mention it in my loadouts but I'm still playing the uh, you know the first only Musha again. It still holds up so fucking well. And if they were to figure out a way to take this franchise and say, all right, let's let's figure out how to modernize this. Not a lot of people play the original trilogy, so let's reintroduce the characters again. Let's reintroduce uh, the world and the conflict with Nobunaga again. And let's maybe make it open world. Maybe, you know, again, a lot like, you know, Ghost of Tsushima over the shoulder um, in that feudal kind of Japan sort of style. That shit could be super dope, man. So I, I think it's almost low hanging fruit for Capcom to not for try, really? because you 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 can't you can't be Capcom and looking at Ghost of Tsushima, not only being a bestseller and and reviewed so well, but then you know being able to get this expansion content and it it's also good and say we can't at least match that with something yeah. on our side. So it, to me, it's an easy win for them. I. I still give them, like, a 25% chance they might actually try this again I, someday. I
1: think so, too. I think so, too.
0: Because it's just, it's too much of a win, and I think that they do need to kind of not lean as heavily into Resident Evil moving forward for their catalog. They need that that extra thing besides just, can, you know, hoping for, you know, this this Resident Evil remake and then new Resident Evil kind of back-to-back strategy to, to continue thriving. This would be a perfect opportunity for them to do it. So um, Onimusha is my pick. Reboot it. I, w- I would say be careful what you wish for because it could be closer to Sekiro than, than – um... I would think they wouldn't do that. But at the same time, they haven't – at least they haven't tried a Souls-like before, have they? I don't think I don't think so, but
1: then again, I don't know because everything it, it, people claim they're making the souls like when it's not, uh, yeah, know, so that, yeah. That I, I think for what the game is and, and kind of the demons and, and the, the world that it's yeah, in, yeah. but also that, that kind of fantastical aspect to it, it would lend itself better to be a a a, a, a type game because that's exactly what secular kind of is. I I personally think that it would. Be really dope to see a happy medium. To see a a uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Sekiro kind of mashup where mm. it's it, a little bit of both. Because I think... I, I love From Software Games. And I am in the minority when I say this. I think Sekiro is a little bit too hard for my taste. I, I, I There's just something about it that specifically just doesn't really click for me. Like, uh, like Dark Souls or Bloodborne or anything like that. But anyway, I, I would like to see a game... Regardless, whether yeah. it be closer to Ghost, whether it be closer to Sekiro, I'm just being greedy at this point and taking that <laughs> shit away from my brother with Marco. But, uh, yeah. I, you know, that, that's kind of where I'm at with that. But that's a great pick, man. I, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of Homunusha. Like, it's that's
0: that's a great. Uh, oh, man. They, they hold up so nicely, too. They're just the, the yeah. fine wine, man. So just and reboot like
1: you, it. And it. like you said, they already did a remaster uh, very recently. So they have to be thinking about it at the very least. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, in my other I have my other game here, and I think you're a fan of the, of, the, of these games as well. Uh, Sly Cooper and the Thievius remaking that game to then serve as a reboot for the rest of of the franchise itself. Uh, I, I, I've said this before. I think this game was ahead of its time. I, while in many ways it's still a Sony mascot platformer, it diverges from that mascot uh, brethren in more ways than one because it it, it actually has a very uh, specific focus on stealth uh, and it's actually very uh, it, in, the, in, the, in the stealth and the platform the equation of it, it's all it's a legitimate legitimate kind of uh, new correct me if I'm wrong what game can you compare to this that is a a platformer but also a a, a, a kind of stealth type of, of game because I can't really think of any game that really, um, that really is like this maybe
0: no, I mean I don't think anything directly. I, I think that the, there was a season of time with platformers where every every one of them was platforming plus something like yeah like I remember like games like blinks the time sweeper had like the right. the vacuum thing going on or the, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. there's always some little this plus platforming thing that happened for a while there. so I, but I don't think there's anything directly like this that I've seen unless I'm forgetting yeah. something.
1: Yeah, me too. But I think when we look at games that just came out, like uh, Ratchet and Clank, um, and the the PS Five exclusive that just came out, there's not much there. There's platforming aspects. You have a gun and you shoot. It, it, it's a very it, it, it's a very basic approach to video game making, at least for me. With Sly Cooper, there's more to it. There's so much more to it, and on top of that, they're a hundred. Always been a hundred percent committed to their vision, the music, the Nor-esque, the the esque kind of structure of the story, the comic book uh, kind of like uh, art mm-hmm. approach to it. They're very committed to their to their uh, to their vision and always have been. And also, I think for me, when you compare it to other mascot Sony mascot platformers, their characters are all memorable. They're voiced well. They're written well. They're very interesting within the, the context of that world itself. So I, I I don't understand, and I'm kind of confused why Sly Cooper is basically the bottom. Of the barrel when it comes to what Sony mm-hmm. sees as important mascot platformers, because yeah. uh, because Ratchet and Clank gets so much love and and. I I don't get it. I mean I don't I don't think it's partic I don't think that it's particularly interesting. I don't think the characters are particularly interesting. I think that the new game is amazing. and it's an accomplishment to look at, but story wise, gameplay wise, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Sly Cooper. It's not. It it doesn't even come close. And I want to see the game, this game get the same treatment that Ratchet and Clank gets but I really think that it would benefit from uh, kind of remaking Thevious Raccoonus and then going from there and, and moving on and, and and kind of getting the love that the other platform uh, platformer uh, mascots get because Sly Cooper is, is my favorite Sony platformer it's a cool
0: ass character man, That's a cool that's motherfucker,
1: it. that's it and it's a cool fucking, it's a cool ass
0: character, it's a cool fucking game and it's just, it's very, 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 very dope. I want more. I, I will say this. i th- And this is me being Marco Damas for a second. I feel like we might be on the cusp of a platformer renaissance yeah. sooner than later. Because I'll tell you what. Two games that are the highest rated video games of this year happen to be Ratchet and Clanker Rift Apart and now Psychonauts 2. Right. And if you think that... These companies that have these dormant platformer franchises are not looking at that and going, "Hmm, I think you're mistaken." Because I, I, I think I that agree. there is a world where Naughty Dog might say one day, "Hey, you like Jack and Dexter, right? You remember them? How about more of that? We're gonna yeah, bring yeah, it yeah. back." And I could definitely see, you know, a one day, someday where Sony might. Now, this might not. Now, Sly Cooper might not be at the top of the list, which is a crime still, but. I would see them can, you know, revisiting the topic at some point uh, and saying, hey, what, a, what, if we, what if we try this? Um, so I think it's possible, depending on how the industry always likes to copy what's what's working and what's successful, that there might be a revisiting of some dormant platformers to say, what, what if we try to bring this back too? What would happen? How yeah. would that go over? So on and so forth. So we'll and, see. And, and even that... You know, is a cause for concern for me because
1: I know that if they're gonna make another mascot platformer, it's gonna be Jack and Daxter before it's Sly Cooper. Yeah, and yeah. I have to say this, and I want this on public record. I think Jack and Daxter is garbage. <gasps> and I know, and I know, Oof. and I know that, and I know because Marco loves Jack and Daxter. I, I, I. <laughs> even more than it's like, <laughs> even more than uh, <laughs> even more even more than ooh, than, uh, than Ratchet and Clank I think Jack and Daxter is just ho-hum
0: in its approach oh I, no nothing,
1: nothing about that game really is, 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 is. ever
0: called my attention I, but just, I just choked on my own hatred for you
1: yeah but I mean I mean it's so obvious that you think the same since you didn't pick it as in one of the games that need to be rebooted it was it was, I, I it was an honorable
0: mention Oh my Man, god! Old See, listen, you can talk bad about that kind of shit. If 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 you swapped out the word Jack and Daxter from Malta, I would have let all that shit you say go <laughs> perfectly normal. I wouldn't have interrupted you at all. But this motherfucker. Okay. No, no. See? I,
1: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, Jack and Daxter. I I I never fan Jack and Daxter. I I I don't have enough experience with Jack and Daxter to actually call it garbage. I this just wanted is to, how I friendships end.
0: This is how they <laughs> end. This is how it, it happens. Marco. Right here. Oh no, my god! Bro, okay, let me ask okay. you a question.
1: Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do me a favor. Rank Sly Cooper,
0: uh, Jack and Daxter, and um, Ratchet.
1: And, uh, Ratchet Clank. What's your one, two, and three?
0: Uh, one, two, and three. I would say Ratchet one. Um, wait, wait, wait. You Ratchet Clank. Your favorite? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, was just, I was just curious. Yeah, Jack. The Jack series would be second, and Sly would be third. You garbage, bro. Wicked. Listen,
1: you won't even play the new PS5 game wait. Wait, 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 because it's to play. be cheaper. <laughs>
0: well, no. I will say, my dislike of Psychonauts Two has made me more curious to play Ratchet and Clank so that I can sit here and be toxic and say that Ratchet and Clank: and Rift Apart is a better game in the future. Episode. I would like you. I would like you to play
1: uh, that game because I want to talk about it and a game of the year as. A, the most disappointing game of the year. See possibly. what I'm
0: saying, man? This is, possibly. This is how friendships Probably. end. Okay, so where do we yeah. leave off in in this in this hate? I think. Okay, I think I it's think, my turn now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shut up. Shut up with the mouth. So my with the mouth. third and final pick uh, is going to be a, simply a remake, uh, and it is going to be for Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. Um, easily one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, hands down one of the greatest stories ever told in a video game whether you're a star wars fan or not which even at the time i wasn't um and and uh, we'll definitely be talking more about that game in a future episode uh coming up in our cooldown countdown as a result um so i i say all that to say most of what is in the current game that came out all those years ago still translates well today especially in terms of narrative. The characters are unforgettable, the plot twists are still amazing to this day and, and hardly ever matched. Um, just just astoundingly nope. good stuff. Maybe um, Sekiro. I'm sorry, with what was the that? Yeah? Maybe Sekiro. Uh, twi- yeah, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I just I'm hearing interference. <laughs> static sounds in my ear right now. Um, so I I think that what this game would benefit from in a remake sense is obviously visual upgrades to make it more of a, a cinematic uh, experience that that they intended for with the original game, but um, you know, obviously because of limitations and them kind of learning the ropes, um, that they would later get together in the Mass Effect yeah. trilogy. I would love to see them double back and take all those learnings, all these years since, and, and apply it to uh, the best story they ever made in a video game. Um, you know, so there's that. And I think you know, little things about the gameplay could use some touching up too. Um, some of the, you know, the level, the, the world design, the level design of that game uh, is, is a little bit dated by today's standards. So that could use a facelift. And then I would say that lastly... Um the combat stuff i think would really benefit from something that was that's almost final fantasy VII remake like in that it's yeah. more action based and not this this it, you know that game was like kind of a hybrid of of looking like it was pure action based because the animations kept flowing um, but it really wasn't it was more like a turn based type of thing in a sense i would love to see something more action focused like resident evil 7 remake for this and it would i think it would be super dope it would benefit yeah yeah so uh, there wouldn't be as much to tinker with but just that new coat of paint and some quality life stuff would make this game's remake incredible to me. So, so I have a question about that. Um, when we look at Final Fantasy VII Remake, so
1: you wouldn't want uh, Star Wars Rise of the Republic to take that approach. Because my issue with with the remake of that game, uh, other than it, no issue at all, because it would be fucking amazing, mm-hmm. is the twist. We know it. Um, would it would it would it benefit the game itself to do something different to even play with our expectations and our kind of what we think is going to happen and kind of give us that double whammy on the back end where we're like yeah this is about oh shit something else happens mm-hmm. uh kind of like with final fantasy 7 remake where kind of it is 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 a remake by name but a reboot really by it's kind of uh, you know mm-hmm. the, the content so do you think that knights of the old republic um would benefit from that because i i i i think i see it both ways i think a straight-up remake with all the things you said it should have would be great but to have a reboot of the franchise itself and, and if done correctly because it's so dangerous to fuck with that and mm-hmm. possibly mess it up what do you think what what we think would be the best kind of uh yeah know, so there?
0: so i think you know how in metal gear solid 3 There's like this weird option just before the game starts where you pick, I like Metal Gear Solid 1. I like Metal Gear Solid 2. (laughs) I think if what would be cool, and this is a bit of a reach, but if they were to do something like a a question of like, did you play the original release, yes or no? And if you say yes, maybe they can kind of add a little bit more of the backstory of that character to kind of see how the memory wipe happened and how everything kind of came to be to give you more of that, that context, like, and kind of put that at the front of the game as like a prologue. Um, and not try to surprise you again even though you knew it was coming versus uh, an option where if it's your first time, the game will kind of flow as it was originally constructed and you can have that wow moment as a first time player. So maybe they could do something cl- clever like that and it's it, it you know ideally would be a bioware creation so maybe they can come up with something even cooler of an idea than that to, to figure out a way to, to make it still interesting for you know returning players and cool for newcomers that like Star wars that didn't get a chance. Uh, with the first yeah. game, so I don't know. I'm sure there's some clever workaround to it, but I do agree that the twist part of that game would be kind of a challenging thing. I don't think they should diminish it or take it away or re- or repurpose it somehow. I still think that it's a, it's a central part of what would become that latter chapter of the game, so it, it has to happen the way it happens. Um, but how they'd want to handle the shock value... I think it'd be interesting to see to your point but who knows
1: yeah and just for context uh, if you pick I like Metal Gear Solid 1 your stamina lasts longer if you pick I like Metal Gear Solid 2 you get the Raiden mask if you pick Metal Gear Solid 3 something with the theater mode or something well you actually
0: you get all of like the basic camouflage uh, okay camouflages, Okay, like when you get your backpack your bop, bop. yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, get your bop bop <laughs> I got that yep. one. I got that one. All right. uh, so but um, that's what yeah, I got, yeah,
1: that's, that, I like that a lot. Uh, I I'm still on the fence. I don't know what I would like. I but I regardless, I want to see this game remade. Um, so my last game in terms of remake would be. I still don't understand. I still don't know what I want. Do I want? Uh, what
0: was that? was that face? On, was keep, going, keep, the, on, keep, keep
1: going. going. <laughs> So, I don't know if I want a remake of Star Fox or
0: Starlink Battle
1: for Atlas. <laughs> I knew. I was going to get away with that. that one. <laughs> All right. All go right. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Just to, I told Marco that the best Star Fox game in a long time was Starlink uh, on the Switch because it had Star Fox on it. I was wrong. Please don't judge me for my mistakes.
0: Keep going. Keep going. Keep going.
1: Anyway, I don't know if I want. He "Starlink:
0: Star Battle for Atlas is better than Star Fox." Keep going. Go ahead.
1: No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I never said that. I would never say that.
0: Uh, no, no. Uh, but
1: I don't know if I want it to be a remake or a reboot. Um, okay. Because I, I don't want uh, Star Fox Sixty Four is a game of its time, and I love it so much. But I'm not specifically, you know, I, I I'm not under any kind of notion thinking that the game itself is. A great game, really, Mm -hmm. in the context of all video games, but when you look at the last time we saw Star Fox properly, was with the SNES um, Classic Edition, where we actually got to see Star Fox 2, a game that tried many things and succeeded in absolutely none of them. Um, It's, you know, it's it's a I would think take those games, take those ideas, uh, the idea of an open world, the idea of ship combat, and also on foot combat, a and different and tank combat. Take all those ideas and bring it forth to the new generation of video games. Uh, the only holdback would be can Nintendo, like you mentioned earlier, can you all get into the new? Like, can the Switch be like part to Switch 2? Can it be a next gen console? Yeah. For once. But anyway, kind of uh, hinging on that. I would like to see a Star Fox remake or reboot that completely takes the series. All, all the ideas that Star Fox 2 had and kind of brings them into into, into light like I want to see that like I said open world ship combat all that stuff on foot combat I think that the idea really it, it can lend itself and I you know I want to see Star Fox I want to see Skippy, Falcor, Peppy I want to see all of them back and I want to be able to, to play that game and, and, and kind of almost feel hey I feel like I'm playing the Nintendo 64 when I was a kid playing this game I want to feel that same kind of aspect playing it now in 2021 and beyond so I, I think Star Fox fox is a, a prime candidate for a franchise that can get a reboot uh and really uh be successful if it implements these ideas correctly which i really think that they could because i mean it i mean these have been done to death before uh why not uh, why not nintendo come together and actually make this uh one hell of a game so, uh, so star
0: fox can, can i piss you off a little bit <laughs> yeah I think Star Wars or Star Wars. Uh, I'm still thinking about my last pick. I think Star Fox is uh, kind of trash. Yeah, no more reason it should be remade. I think I actually think Nintendo should leave it, leave it die. Hell no, leave it to die. And here's here's no. why because I think that it is a a pretty hard sell these days to sell a game that is on an aircraft or like a you know kind of a an aircraft shooter like it to me that has but become that's why I said a it niche should be now the, yeah yeah but I still think that that's what Star Fox fans would want to come back to the most that's that's the signature of, of the well, game I, in a sense
1: I don't I don't, I don't completely agree I don't completely agree because mm-hmm. of the fact that even with Star Fox Adventures, uh, it was it had an open world to it with GameCube, and the game itself. The problem with that game is that it was a game that got put in the back burner so much that when it finally
0: came out, it was it felt old because it just it was held for so long. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, I just think that, the, and even beyond that, I think that the characters to me were never that interesting. I I never I never felt like there was any real anything there that's that's worth bringing back to be honest like i you know maybe give them another shot to be more interesting but i i feel like they were just kind of there to be this this character that's kind of talking to you while you're out there being fox I mean, mccloud and it's like i mean i, I- yeah, but at the same time, you gotta look at the time when that game
1: came out. I mean, Skippy's a toad, Falcor's a falcon, and Peppy's a hare. I mean, it's there's not really much interesting in in, in, in that aspect. And really, when you're kind of telling a story through kind of text boxes in the bottom with the Nintendo 4 version of the game, uh, and then, you know, you still get that... There's a, there's still a pretty good story there with Andross and Star Fox and Seth MacLeod, all that stuff. There's a lot of stuff there, uh, but it is very much a, a a game of its time. That's why I feel like giving it yeah. the opportunity to, to be a game now, it would be a challenge for sure. But what I'm saying is if, if they succeed... In all the things that they want to succeed with the franchise itself and that open worldness of the game and, and the fact that you can get into ship and, and, and use that or or even approach certain scenarios in different ways. You know, I can get into ship or I can get in a tank or I can go on foot mm-hmm. and kind of uh, attack the, the, the objective in any way that I want, I think it could be very interesting because that's kind of like where the series was starting to head. It's just it, it got it got waylaid by so many other different things, and the fact that there was issues with 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 development behind Star Fox that kind of had nothing to do with Star Fox specifically. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff there. So I I, right. I I say Star Fox not because not because it is is a franchise that is it is near and dear to me for sure, but not because I have any disillusions thinking that the that the franchise is a great franchise or has products that really resonate even today but i do feel that the ideas behind the game itself can actually still lend itself to be a great game beyond 2021 and using all the technology that we know of games that we've seen recently i think it'd be a really good fit uh you could you could you can take the game and completely recontextual, redo it. I mean, don't don't make it a a, a a Skippy the Toad or Falcon the Falcon or Peppy the Hair. Whatever you want to do to make the game better, I, I think that would work. Yeah, no, so. I, I'm
0: only kind of half joking about it. I, I think that yeah. like you know like Wolf as a character would be a, a mm-hmm. perfect way to kind of have a captivating cool ass villain that people yeah. already know and like from the Smash Brothers realm and kind of yeah. you can you can attract that crowd because i think you know again looking for like that that purest star fox fan is is not going to be where most of your money's going to come from these days so you want to get no. that new audience that oh that's Dude from Smash. Oh, cool. Oh, I didn't know he was that he was that dope. And that was you know. So that could be the angle in to to make this a more relevant pick. Um, So yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, I think you have to make
1: Star Fox for the people and not the hardcore fans. Because me being you know one of my favorite games growing up again Star Fox C Four. I don't want to see that again. I don't want to see that that thing yeah. just being a, a rail shooter, basically, on a ship. I don't want that anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think that the characters are interesting enough, like you said, Wolf, and, and everything else about the world. It could be a very interesting uh,
0: approach to making a new game with familiar characters. And so that's kind of gotcha. where I'm at. Okay, good. cool pick, man. Cool pick. I think Jack and Daxter would have been better. Uh, so moving on to <laughs> our last and final segment of this program, uh, we have the
1: cooldown countdown Ooh. oh yeah
0: all right oh. let's go uh <laughs> go that was a huge mistake I, I don't know where we're going yeah, uh, yeah. so um why don't we go ahead and uh, let's do the usual man go ahead and recap uh, all of the games you have revealed and from your top 10 thus far and then hit us with your fourth favorite game ever made what do you got so, from number 10, Dark Souls 3, number 9, Celeste, number 8, The
1: Last of Us, number 7, Red Dead Redemption 2, number 6, Super Mario World, number 5, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and number 4 is Mass Effect 2. Marco talked about Mass Effect 2 last week, so I'm not going to talk too much about it, but I think it is an achievement in all RPGs. It, it took a genre that has, at the time of release, already seen among the greatest of what it had to offer. Uh, Those kind of uh, RPGs, but it delivered and it grew the RPG genre even more. So it it set a bar that to this day still has not been reached, in my opinion, because there's many games that tried it, many games that want to be it, uh, and there are many games that are going to come out that are still going to try to emulate what Mass Effect has done, and they're not going to succeed. I mean, uh, whatever uh, when they developed this game, whatever kind of ideas they, everything hit from characters to story, everything was just absolutely expertly crafted and created and made and it is it is for me uh, one of the defining experiences in my gaming history and playing it again this year was did not in any way shape or form dissuade me from thinking this is one of the better games of all time mm. as a matter of fact I almost put this game even higher on my list Ooh. Uh, even though it's set on 4 for it's been in 4 for years and years and years um, a, a reminder of what a really good RPG is and how that can stand the test of time because Mass Effect 2 has you know, stand it has stand the test of time and it is the whole last maybe couple hours of that game is some of like you said last week, some of the most tense. Oh, you, you feel because they they really make you care for all those characters, and then you having to send them out to do these things, and the possibility of them not coming back. I mean, what what game kills off main characters oh, like that? Man. I mean, they don't. They just it's not a thing that happens anymore. And if it does. It's it's a crafted story experience that when you look at the how the story is written makes sense. Yeah this is not that this, this everything is crap you creates a story that is very much your own I've never last Talia uh, lost Talia you lost her mm-hmm. uh, I, I think Justin also lost her these things that happen that's never happened to me in a game uh, it, I went all the mass effect 2 and, and mostly without any love uh, interest after after <laughs> one uh, so yeah. it's just things like that that happen in the game where it's like it's it's mind-boggling when it's it's a game like this is made and you can talk to people and they love it for different reasons yep. which is it, it, you know everybody universally loves a, 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 a Zelda game and they love it for the same reason for the most part uh, but the fact that you can love Mass Effect 2 for different reasons different story arcs different uh, character moments is is, is is just absolutely outstanding yeah. and I yeah. I am hesitant and scared to what the next chapter of Mass Effect is <laughs> but I am confident and I will tell you this, I am confident that it'll never reach the heights of Mass Effect 2. It just won't.
0: Doubt it. Now I'll we'll put you on the spot real fast. You got like 10 seconds to do this. Three favorite companions from Mass Effect 2. No order. Uh, What's three? Garrus, Jack, Talia. Talia? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's she lets you call her Talia now? Not Tali? <laughs> well Talia, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think I, I think Tali is is interesting. Ugh. I like her story and too. I like the whole entire uh you know the the whole tribal uh, The pilgrimage fucking, stuff and Yeah, the pilgrimage stuff, but also the whole like you're on trial for oh. you know, you have to vouch for her and stuff like that. Yeah. I and I like her I like her I like her entire story. I like the fact that uh you know, she's she was like someone that I was worded with in the game itself, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I enjoy I enjoy her character quite a bit. Well, but I, I, uh, I was
0: I was glad she. Died. I know. You, I was glad yeah. she died, man.
1: Thane, Thane is also Thane fantastic, is that dude,
0: man. Thane
1: is that. I, dude. I think I would. I I think I, it, it did not take much com- convincing to switch um, Tali for um, for mm-hmm. Thane.
0: Yeah. yeah, I would say for two. For me, it would be uh, Jack, um, Garrus, and boy. It's either going to be Thane or Grunt. Um, I kind of like—I yeah, like Grunt a little bit better, actually. Believe it or not. But uh, I think with Grunt is like it, it almost felt so much like Rex. in A, a little way. bit di- but, di- different, but his uh, intro, sure. man. When he his intro when he jumped out yeah, that tank, he, and I'm like, oh my god, he, he has no or, idea who he is, like what's going on. He doesn't know anything. Like it was a, like I was like, oh god, what's going on here? kind of moment it's, for me. oh so good
1: it's weird because
0: Mass Effect 2 can fall
1: into that whole thing where they just try to recreate characters from one mm-hmm. to have you know almost even though they were in the game uh, they weren't part of your crew member, uh, your crew members so I, I think that that's a fair criticism in some aspect I think Grunt suffers the most from that but it, they're still so well written like like yeah. you said it, yeah. it's, so, they're still it's so hard to choose because yeah. a lot
0: of them are great and, and especially coming back to it you know with the legendary edition I'm like oh I didn't realize I liked that character as much as I do but yeah yeah uh, yeah all right man good good pick of course one of the greatest of all time hands down so uh yeah. let me recap my list and i'll get to my number four i've got number 10 is final fantasy 8 number nine is persona 5 number eight as the inferior metal gear solid 3 snake eater number seven is the superior hey! metal gear solid 2 sons of liberties uh or just liberty just one um number six the Witcher, so 3. <laughs> the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt takes for the number 6 spot. My number 5 spot, as Pablo mentioned, is Mass Effect 2. And my number 4 pick that I'll be talking about on this episode is for a game that we referenced earlier. Um, and it is the original Final Fantasy 7. Now, I, I kind of want to use this time briefly to just shit on... The annoying like smart-ass JRPG community that's like, oh, you should pick six because it's better and nine is better, and this you just like this game because it's the it was the most mainstream. Like I I hate those those JRPG fans that do that shit. Like yeah, I'm sure six was pretty good. I'm it it was it was fantastic. There's 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 plenty of better JRPGs than Final Fantasy seven. I don't know. I would say I would. I would say generously, there are there are a good amount that are better, but what they have going in terms of better combat systems or better, uh, better you know some better locations, better core conflicts or themes. I think Final Fantasy VII destroyed all of them in terms of coolness, in terms of cinem- uh, cinematic flair. And in terms of just being so memorable that you just you you can't forget the game and anything that happened in it. A lot of JRPGs can kind of get lost in the doldrums and they can kind of there's those big lulls. And it's not to say that seven doesn't have some of those moments, too. It's just that it always feels good and interesting because of the people that you're with in that game. Um, So, you know, even in its driest parts it is still more fun and more fascinating and more engaging than what a lot of other JRPGs were like at the time and have been like since. You know, it, it, it was one of those games that tried to to get out of some of the cliches, not all of them, but you know, the. The burned village thing, uh, you know, at at the start of every hero's journey is is worn to death, and and they did something similar here. But they didn't just lean on all those same tropes, they tried to go in some different directions. Have a really eclectic cast of characters that weren't Mm -hmm. the typical straight out of an anime manga, you know, type of cast. Um, you have the Vincent Valentines of the world, you have Barrett, you have Tifa, you have Aerith being, you know, and, and they were all so unique, but they, they work you know, we talked you know, just about Mass Effect 2 a second ago, you know, in a lot of ways, I think Mass Effect 2 strangely owes a lot to a game like Final Fantasy 7 for how to pull together a, a really unique and eclectic cast of characters and then that sub-cast of like B tier characters, like the bigs, the wedges you know, characters like that, and make all of that memorable and stick with you, and, and then of course all these years later when the remake came out, you're dying to see all of them again. So, yeah. I don't want to belabor the point too much. I think a lot of Final Fantasy VII's greatness still speaks for itself to this day. Um, you know, despite some of its blemishes. You know, going back to it now, we've already talked about Sephiroth being one of the greatest villains of all time. He's my personal Absolutely. favorite of all time, just because of his menacing nature, his look, his, his coolness. Uh, Cloud, yeah, he's that douchebag guy, and we've seen some of that in, in games since. But there is something special about his look, his aesthetic, his 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 growth, even even throughout this remake. Seeing some of that progression uh, was awesome uh, to behold. And and just man, the locations, the the, the soundtrack, the One Winged Angel theme, the Sephiroth boss fight—I mean, it just. It never stops being awesome. So um, it, it used to be higher up on my list. I, you mentioned this in a couple episodes ago, talking about kind of letting go of some of your nostalgia. when yeah. Some games are better, just flat out. And so it used to be my number two game of all time. Um, but it, it, it bounced down to four, but not because I love it any less. It's just that some games just yeah. stuck with me even more than this game did you know, miraculously, which is no easy task. So
1: well, I, I think that a lot of those conversations people had about you know about six and, and, and some people even say 10 and three, which is six or whatever. Uh, but it's it's all ultimately kind of bullshit to me because when you look at the when you look at Final Fantasy 7 as a whole Final Fantasy series as a whole period, everybody comes back to Cloud strife and Sephiroth. I mean, e- even now the most recent mainline uh, Final Fantasy game, Final Fantasy 15, I mean, uh, Noctis. Nobody's gonna remember Noctis like they remember. No, Bob. there, there, there's mo- uh, Final Fantasy VII Advent Chil- uh, Advent Children. They made a whole movie, yeah, based on the fact that that game looked so so great on, with the with the, the CGI cutscenes. It, it's 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 a it's really I, I would attribute almost. Final Fantasy VII for the longevity of the series itself. When you look at seven and everything that's come after it, everything that's come after it exists because seven was so that's successful. A, su- that's such holiday.
0: a good fucking point. Did, yeah. this, could, this could have easily been a remember that Final Fantasy series back in the day, kind of things, and it would have never been what it is all, all these years later. Like that could have been, that no. could have happened if it wasn't for the meteoric success of seven. Like, it really could have been well, a product think of its time.
1: Yeah. Think about six. What people consider the best uh, Final Fantasy game in terms of like its its story and and kind of the the, the combat the, the combat. Oh, yeah. Nobody talks about six. The way they talk about seven, and nobody would have ever talked about six or Final mm-hmm. Fantasy without the existence of seven. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, say what you will, and you can be a snob about you know the Walmart of Final Fantasy games, <laughs> or call it like the, the it, it, Final Fantasy seven, even to me, a, a person who doesn't have the same kind of uh history with it like Marco does, mm-hmm. I still find myself whenever I think about a Final Fantasy seven game. It's Cloud. Look yeah. at look at uh look at Smash Bros. Uh, Ultimate uh, when it introduced mm-hmm. a new Smash character in the Final Fantasy series. It wasn't anybody else but Cloud. And most recently Sephiroth. Yep. Like these are the only two Final Fantasy characters in there. You're not gonna see anybody else. Uh yeah. from, from that. Um, I think the best Final Fantasy game is Final Fantasy. I was 13, just gonna ask you. But that's give just your top
0: what three. What, what is your top three for <laughs> real though? Uh, ten. Ten's number one.
1: Yeah, okay. I t- okay. it's my it's my uh, I don't, introduction I love to 10. the I love ten yeah it's my introduction to the series. Okay. It's it, it's probably what ten is seven is series ten. I would say ten, seven, um ten you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna say it. Ten, seven, fifteen. I okay. I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say okay. it. I I don't hate that. I know that I don't
0: hate it. I don't
1: hate it. I know people I, I could easily set six, which I liked, um but uh, you know mm-hmm. I think I think 15 was good I, I think it had problems uh, yeah. I think the ending is is is, is
0: terrible uh, uh, well, but I, re- I like the ending ending like the cut scene of that was yeah, yeah, beautiful en- oh, but that whole I like, like the, leading up to it yeah it was like
1: I like the ending of 15 the boss fight and how it ends and, it, ends and it brings you right, right back right, to right, the right, main right. screen All that, that all shit is beautiful yeah. but the, the whole time skip
0: yeah, that stuff was preamble
1: like, what? what it was literally we cut this game because we didn't have time <laughs> we are literally showing you the cut now, recently I heard if you go play 15 again, all the stuff that was in the movie that came out for mm-hmm. 15, uh, that's all in the game now and so it's actually a very well told story in that sense with the cinematics and all I that. I thought about but
0: coming back to that someday. I might at some point.
1: I, I might too. Yeah, yeah cuz I really I really enjoyed that game quite a bit. I think it did a lot for for 7 remake and and what the new one's going to be in terms of its combat mm-hmm. uh, and all that. So yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's where
0: I'm at. All right, man. Well, uh, that was our number four picks for our Cooldown Countdown, but you, the listener, will always be number one in our hearts, so thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Uh, Again, please, please subscribe to our podcast, either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream stuff, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at CooldownTimePod and Instagram at CooldownTimePodcast. That way our toxic-ass opinions will always be in your FOV. You're welcome, and we will see you next time.